We all love cats. I mean, just post a video to TikTok and watch it go viral. But do we extend that same love to cat ladies? Not so much. We've been fed a stereotype of a sad, sad single woman who loves cats more than people and is grotesque because of her cat obsession. So let's explore some of the real faces behind the stereotype. On this episode, I talk to three of my favorite cat ladies, Laysan Khalibubina, Lucy Megason, and Haley Shapley, about how they came to be cat ladies. And even though I don't have cats myself, I'll be sharing my own cat lady origin story. And this is the Spinster Life Podcast, the podcast that will knock that water glass off the counter if you leave it too close to the edge. So first up, my dear friend Laysan shares her story. She is a virtual production producer, storyteller, and comedian from Los Angeles by way of Russia. She's been on the podcast before to talk about why there are so few single women in Russia. Laysan, thank you so much for being here to talk about being a cat lady. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to talk about my life as a cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> you know, around the age of I was turning 30, Facebook suddenly started sending me a lot of wine-related and cat-related ads. So I think that's when Facebook decided that I'm a cat lady. But <laughs> I became a cat lady around 29. Tell us a little bit more about you and your cat. I've always wanted to have a cat ever since I was a child. And my parents were very against it. I grew up in a Muslim family and no one in our family or even in our friend group had animals. And in Muslim culture, animals are kind of perceived as dirty. They don't really keep animals inside. So when I was growing up, my parents were very adamant about me not having a cat. And my mom was like, I'm going to end up taking care of it. I'm going to end up doing all of the work, which is, she was absolutely 100% correct. And what I did to convince my parents to get a cat is that I got like a stuffed animal and I would sleep with it and I would make a very sad face thinking that maybe they will have mercy on me. They never did. So then I became an adult. Well, arguably, maybe not. (laughs) Uh, I became older. Let's put it that way. And then I moved to the United States. I am now an individual that, you know, can make decisions for myself. (laughs) Question mark. Should I be allowed to? I, yes, I don't know. you should. But anyway, I moved and I was like, man, now I can have a cat. But then what my mom was concerned about, I started to be concerned about it. It's like, how will I take care of the cat? How will I afford to have a cat? You know, it's a big responsibility, even though cats are overall like very low maintenance, comparatively speaking to other animals. Yeah. So when I finally, again, I'm approaching my thirties, this is the time when people are like, should I have children? Maybe am I an adult enough to do that? And I was like, am I an adult enough to have a cat? And (laughs) it's like, all right, I have a retirement account, have an office job. I have a health insurance. I'm ready to have a cat. I mean, this is the way that my brain thinks it's like, I I should be good now. (laughs) All the boxes are checked. The last one is cat. And, uh, I will check that shortly. I'm a very responsible person. I ripened to a responsibility of having a creature by the age of 30. So I went to look for a cat and my ex uh, and I went to, it was like a Culver City animal shop and we saw two Russian blues and my parents actually, fuck my parents, first of all, because <laughs> my entire childhood i begged them for a cat and then as soon as i moved out it's like we got a cat and i was like what do you mean you got a cat and they were like well my dad was basically driving and it's like russia so it's like cold and snowy and what like just disgusting imagine and he pulls up to a supermarket and he comes back with groceries and he hears this little squeaky you know meow and he like looks for this sound and he finds this like almost frozen to death kitten that's like trying to warm up next to his car and it was just right after my grandfather passed and my father said that he looked at this kitten's eyes and it was like my the soul of my father is in this kitten all lies i mean that's bullshit yeah right but that sounds like just a justification (laughs) for getting a cat if i've ever heard one (laughs) but he brings the cat home and he washes him in the shower and then he blow dries him and like 
feeds him. And of course, at this point, like, right. they're, then they're bonded. bonded. Yeah. So now they have a cat and I go to visit them. And this cat is like the smartest, most loyal, most loving cat you would ever meet. And it like just loves you, but also is, you know, incredibly smart. And it looks like a Russian blue kind of cat. I mean, obviously it's not like completely not a, Russian Not a purebred. It's but... definitely not a purebred. But I mean, it's gray. It's that color. And I, I was like, wow, this cat is like, incredible. I want that type of cat because look, he's so obedient to like just a perfect package. 10 out of 10. <laughs> so I go and I start looking for cats and we find three tiny Russian blues. But again, because I'm such like an anxious, responsible person, I was like, okay, we need to set up their apartment first and we'll come back for one of them next day. And we come back and they're gone. They're all three of them were adopted. And so I'm in tears and I'm just like, maybe it's not meant to be. Maybe I'm not ready to be a cat mom, you know, as you do. And then my ex was like, well, let's go to PetSmart to continue like buying things to set up their apartment. And we go there and they have an adopt and like whatever adopt uh, session. And so they have a bunch of people who are there trying to get their you know, foster cats adopted. Right. They are, tr- they're like in the opposite boat. They're trying to get rid of as many good. cats <laughs> as they possibly can. That's right. And so we look at cats and we found three, you know, Russian blue looking ones. And they were older because I wanted a kitten. I mean, everyone wants a kitten, of course. They, they, they have like those, like, when they're very young, they have those tails that just stick right up, like very angrily. And it's so <laughs> cute. So they didn't have that anymore. They were like three months probably. And so we try to interact with one of them. They all look very scared, understandably so. And so we talked to the foster mom about this cat and she says her name is Hermione. She's gray, by the way. (laughs) It's like, okay, (laughs) I don't know. But I think her children were like obsessed with Harry Potter. So they just wanted to name them that, even though she obviously was not. I'll tell you with rescue animals, they have these naming conventions Mm -hmm. set up and they're just like, I I don't fucking know. They're all Harry Potter characters <laughs> or they're all types of dessert or yes. they're all cheeses. Like, yes, yes, they're yes. just like, I don't, we have to come up with so many names that they're yeah, just exactly. like, I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't, just, I, don't. I don't care what, I don't care what that animal's name actually is. We're just yeah. going to go with any name. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's what happened. And I was like, Hermione's very cute, but she is not orange. So we're going to rename her. So we get her that day and we didn't expect it, but we came home with a kitten and we brought her in our apartment and she did not come out of her cage for three days because she was so <laughs> scared and we would have to leave the room and she would eat and she would like drink water and pee or whatever. But when we were in the room, she would refuse to come out because how scared she was and her story, which now I understand that why she behaved that she lived somewhere near USC in like a, in a tent and her owner was a homeless woman who took in her mom, who gave birth to three kittens. And they were sick. And one of her sisters had to have a surgery. And basically, the foster mom had to work with this homeless woman for multiple months for her to give up the ca- the cats. Because she didn't want to give them up because she loved them. But the cats were not taken care of. So only when her sister got to a point of, like, she needed to have a surgery because how bad she was doing... She was finally like released them because she realized she just can't, doesn't have the resources or the space or to take care of the cats, which is really sad. But ultimately that was the story of Smetana. And to this day, she like is scared or loves certain things that like she, whenever you open like a suitcase, she gets like really excited and jumps inside of it. And I mean, that's the behavior of a lot of cats, but I'm wondering like if there were like suitcase maybe there. She, whenever you hear like sound of flip flops, she gets freaked out. So she like (laughs) does like weird things that I don't know, come from her childhood. Maybe I will say that your cat is one of the most cat like cats that I have ever encountered. She is. Well, because she came from like a traumatic environment. I think my ex and I were very like, just very gentle with her. And if she doesn't like to be touched a certain way, if she doesn't like, which is pretty much every way. 
She only allows her nose to be touched. Every single other part of her body is like out of, yeah, like you cannot touch it. And she's, she's very picky when it comes to food. But again, I feel like that's just a lot of cats. I don't know if like, it's my cat, but uh, no, that's not true. Part of why I wanted to get her is because of my parents' cat. And she right. is like him in no way at all. Like he was so good. Yes, your cat. She's fussy. She's kind of a diva. She is very much a diva. And we used to live on a first floor and there was like a little balcony with a little outside area. And we would let her out and she would just terrify an entire neighborhood of dogs because she, I don't know why, like she doesn't like other cats because I think they're very territorial. And when they see a cat, they just assume you're there to get their shit. But whenever she, she sees dogs, she wants to play with them. She used to have a neighbor, her name was Cat, and her dog's name was Dog. And they would come over, and he was a similar color to her, so maybe she thought, I don't know, I really don't know. And she would chase him, he would chase her back, and they would just run around. And whenever she would, Smetana would, her name was Smetana, Smetana means sour cream in Russian, because she has white paws, and she has like a little dot on her chin that's white. So when my dad saw a picture of her, he said it looks like she like tried to drink some sour sour cream and like dip her toes in sour cream. And I was like, that's perfect. She will be called Smetana. <laughs> and whenever Smetana would hear either the voice of the owner or the voice of the dog, she would make this noise that I think was specific to them and she would run out and like greet them. But they were one of the few people that were okay with the cat like chasing after them. But a lot of times when people would go by, I would hear from my room, I would hear like, oh my God, go away, go away. And I would come out and it would be Smetana trying to chase like little dogs. <laughs> and they would be completely confused and like terrified of her. But she was just trying to play and I would have to go and apologize and be like, so sorry. She just likes dogs and she wants to play. And dogs were not into it. They were just like, who's this creature? We don't understand. <laughs> I mean, she's a big cat, but she's a big cat. And what happened one time, I t- we took her to the vet and the vet and she's already like three years old or two, maybe two years old at this point. And the vet goes, are you sure it's not a boy? And I was like, don't see no balls. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't see no balls. <laughs> and She goes, well, sometimes they just don't fall out. And she said, I'm going to push on her stomach and we'll see if they fall out and i was like what that's a thing that can happen that is that is actually a thing and not that i care obviously but i just saw that moment of her she like lifted her up and she pushed on her stomach and i was just waiting for balls to fall out of my lady cat But uh, your lady cat did not have any undescended testicles. I know. And the vet was like, wow, she is a girl. And I was like, why are you so surprised? I don't understand. Yeah. And this is the comment that we get a lot from vets, actually. She's not fat at all. No, she's, she's not very fat. slim. But I think, I, I guess she is like much bigger than like regular cats. And I did a 23andMe, but for cats, whatever it's called. <laughs> what is it called for cats? I don't know. DNA test. I know there's one called Wisdom Panel for Dogs. Wisdom Panel. Wisdom Panel. Yeah. Wisdom Panel sounds like a TED Talk, but with like really just like smart people. It's like a TED Talk, but a panel. Wisdom (laughs) Panel. Yeah. Anyway. But no, um, they're just guessing dog breeds. Who is going to come after them if it's incorrect? I feel like they can just be like, oh, great. You got some saliva. Put it in the trash and then just like scramble some letters around and be like, there you go. What are you going to do? Come off. So Smetana turned out to be like 30% like ragdoll and like 20% some, what is this giant ass cat that looks like a horse? The Maine Coon? She would like part Maine Coon. Like she has a couple of like predominant breeds in her that are really big cats. And I was like, well, I guess that makes sense. And you know what? You're right. Whenever I come to other people's houses and they have cats, and I'm always like, oh, it's a kitten. They're like, it's a grown-ass cat. And it's like, this is the size of your, this is it's just as large as they get. And they're like, it's a normal-sized cat. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, Weights like a feather. So, yeah, my cat is really big. But she is not as big as a Maine Coon. 
Oh, no, 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 no. No, she's not. So she's, I guess that's why, like, it can't be that baffling how large she is. Because And that's why I'm always, whenever I get comments like that, I'm like, she's not that big. I mean, I understand if it was like, yeah, a Maine Coon or something like that. She's 11 pounds and she's slim. So she's not big. So she, just 11 pounds of, like, bone and... Yeah. No, and she's I guess just, regular she's, cats are, like, She's slinky. She's very, she's, like, slinky. She's very slinky. Oh, my God. I started letting her out in... Koreatown. So I recently moved to Koreatown and I have a balcony and the balcony doesn't go outside into the street. It goes like inside of the apartment building. And unfortunately there's like a street cat that comes around and they got in a fight. So I'm going to not let her out anymore. And I bought her a cute pink bow and everything. We were were ready for this next chapter of our lives. (laughs) For her to just be like the community cat who walks around and meows at everyone and is adorable. Yeah, well, there is a girl who passes by the balcony and she's always like, she gets so excited and runs back. A child. Hates children. Hates children. Okay, it is a child. It is a child. A grown ass person going, kitty cat. I'd be a (laughs) little concerned. Thanks, Laysan. It was so great to talk to Lucy Megason again. She is the host of Spinsterhood Reimagined, a podcast about loving the single life. And during our last conversation, she told me she was just about to get a kitten. Today, she's back on the podcast to share her story of how embracing her singlehood led her to lean into her love of cats and adopt her first cat as an adult person. Welcome back to the show, Lucy. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that we get to talk about being a cat lady. I know. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm honored and it's lovely to see you again. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited that I get to talk purely about my kitten. (laughs) Yeah. It's very exciting. So yeah, tell us why you've said you've always been a cat person, but why was this the time in your life to get a cat? Okay, so just a little bit of background about why I'm a cat person, because I, so I grew up in the countryside in Dorset, which is Southwest England, in case you, for those people who are listening, you've never heard of Dorset, it's a county in the Southwest of England. And I grew up with my mum, my dad, my brother and my sister, and we had a dog, but the dog officially belonged to my sister and we had a cat and the cat officially belonged to me. Somehow my brother didn't get a pet at all. I don't quite know what happened. (laughs) I think I might have even mentioned that in the last episode, which frankly makes me complete loser that I'm talking about that again. But anyway, so I grew up loving this cat. He was called Ebby. He was black. Ebony was his full name, Ebby for short, because he's black. You see what I did there? And yes, cool. (laughs) And so I just loved this cat and I had him for about 10 years. And then he died when I was 19. And I'll never forget, we basically, we buried him in the back garden of the house that I grew up in. And it was me my dad and my brother and one of my best friends, Jess, and I was bawling my eyes out and they were giggling, not because they didn't love him, but just because I think my reaction to losing him was just so extreme because I loved him so, so much. So because of Ebby, I've always considered myself a cat person, but I've never had one until now, mainly because when I moved to London, I suppose I've sort of done lots of flat shares and house shares. And when I finally bought my own place, which was actually nearly 10 years ago. It never occurred to me to get a cat. I always felt that I would get a cat once I bought a bigger place. But about two years ago, a neighbor of mine who lives in the same giant house that I live in, which has got 11 flats within it. My neighbor Louise said to me a couple of years ago, look, a friend of mine has a cat who's pregnant and would you be interested in having a kitten? And I was like, no way. And and actually it was funny because she was gunning for us to potentially do like a cat share (laughs) if if there is such a thing. And I was like, when I get a cat, I will get a cat. It will be only mine. It will be like fully my cat. And also I'm not planning, I said to her, I'm not planning on getting a cat until I move somewhere bigger. However, my sister got a cat two or three years ago called Biscuit, who every time I see him, I am reminded of how much I love cats. So for the last couple of years, every time I see Biscuit, which is a lot, I sort of leave that, leave my sisters going, oh my God, I really want a cat. And so long story short, Louise, who my neighbor who asked me about if I wanted to catch two years ago, that cat, that pregnancy, unfortunately, the cat lost all but one of that litter. But then the cat got pregnant again. And Louise was like, okay, well, this cat's pregnant again. And I basically said, fuck it. Yeah, I'll have one without really thinking about it. 
So I got my little kitten in July, at the end of July. And yeah, that is how I came to have a kitten at the age of 46. <laughs> finally. <laughs> you finally grew into your cat lady. Exactly. Life. And, and that, exactly. You want me to be a crazy cat lady? I'll be a crazy cat lady. I'll get a freaking kitten. So I did. And yeah, I absolutely love him. So tell us, tell us more about, about Johnny Depp, the cat. So he is, oh my gosh. I mean, where do I start? He's crazy. He, he is crazy, but in the very best possible way. He's a Bengal and, but what I will say, cause I know Bengals are sort of supposedly these kind of slightly superior. That's an awful word, but let me just say they're more like I, essence of cat because they're part like wild cat. Exactly. But let me just say that when Louise asked if I wanted to get a kitten, I didn't even know that it was going to be a Bengal. So, and I know that there's a whole thing about Bengals that people, you know, deliberately get them because they really want a Bengal. Well, I didn't get a Bengal because I really wanted one. It just was completely happened by default. But he is, and I have to say, he is absolutely the most divine creature. He's my, he's like a little tiger. He's literally like a little tiger. And two really interesting things about Bengals, actually. One is that they are obsessed with water. And I think cats are normally quite scared of water. But Johnny, since the day he, since the day Johnny Depp moved in, he, <laughs> he literally is every time I do the washing up. He jumps up and he sits on the edge of the sink and just looks at the water. And then even when I turn the tap off, he just keeps looking into the sink as every single last bit of water kind of drains down the plug hole. It's absolutely hilarious. He's just crazy about water. But one of the really lovely things about them is that they, unlike some cats, they really bond with one person. I mean, obviously he doesn't really have much choice because I'm the only person around in this flat, but they apparently do bond in a way that other cats don't. That's really lovely. And don't get me wrong, he's still very independent and most of the time doesn't give a shit about me and just knows that I feed him. But <laughs> there's also that little bit of him that when we're we're sort of at home together and he's not outside, so he's kind of in the flat with me, he literally follows me around whatever I'm doing to the point where he has jumped up onto my lap when I've been on the loo. Because when you live in a studio flat, <laughs> don't shut the bit the bathroom door because no. you just don't. And he's hilarious. And in a very sort of classic cat way, he has kind of skits attacks like at least two or three times a day where he just goes totally mental and runs around my flat like a complete maniac. And he jumps up onto my leg. I mean, he's bonkers, but to be fair, he's still a little kitten. He's only like, I think he's about five and a half months now. The thing that drives me insane more than anything else out of all of the things that he does, most of which is super cute, but the one thing that makes me want to take him to Battersea Dogs Home, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's a big cat and dog rescue place in London. I have fairy lights all over my flat. Well, I have two big sets of fairy lights, one of which is up on my mezzanine bed area. Oh my God, you know what I'm going to say? He yeah. lit me every day at some point. He pulls these fairy lights down and starts chewing them. And I have to take a breath and go, Lucy, you cannot scream and yell at a kitten because he's a kitten. He doesn't know what he's doing. So I have to remain really calm. But it's the one thing that I almost lose my temper about because it drives me completely bonkers. But because he is so gorgeous, I forgive him. And he, <laughs> he sleeps on my bed. He sleeps on my bed, which is really cute. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. is. I've really changed. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds lovely. Do you have any plans to get another cat in the future to add to your cat family? I, When I move to a bigger place, I 100% will get another cat for sure. And at one point I did think I would get a dog as well, but I'm not sure anymore. But definitely, yeah, I will definitely get another cat when I move. Because like we were saying just now, I think it's, I understand why people, if I, basically, if I'd had a bigger place and I was, you know, in a different sort of place in my life, I probably would have just got two kittens because it's so lovely for them to have each other. But yes, I, I definitely intend on getting another one. I don't think I'll end up the crazy cat lady who has 57 cats, but two would be good for sure. 
<laughs> and people need to know that it's cool. It's also cool to have a cat. And it definitely doesn't mean you're a crazy cat lady. It just means you're a woman who loves animals and wanted to get a cat, yeah. not to substitute a baby. You just, you're just living your values. I like cats. I want to get a cat. Boom. So don't read into it, guys. Yeah, don't read, don't into, read into, it. into it. There's no more story there. It's actually quite yeah. boring. Exactly. Exactly. It totally is. Oh, dear. Thanks, Lucy. I am so glad to welcome Haley Shapley back to the podcast. She is a writer from Seattle, Washington. And the last time she was here, she told us stories from her book, Strong Like Her, about the history of women in sports and notable female athletes. During our conversation, she also mentioned her desire to write a book about being a spinster, a premise I wholeheartedly stand behind. And today she is here to tell us the story of her cat, Kai, and how she is not a cat person, but in her search for the dog of her dreams, she met a cat. Welcome, Haley. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I am so excited to talk about being a cat lady. We didn't really get to that the last time you were on the show, but you did introduce me to your cat. I did. I did. I introduced him to everyone because he loves to be on Zoom calls. His name is Kai. And I've had him for almost five years now. But you didn't go out and get a cat. You weren't like, I need a cat now. No, I never imagined myself with a cat, honestly. Growing up, we had dogs and I loved our dogs, but I never really felt like I vibed with cats. I felt like they knew I didn't really like them. And thus, they treated me accordingly. And I never thought that I would have a cat. But I had started wanting to get a dog and had been looking at different shelters for one. I just couldn't find the right dog. I needed one who could be in my condo and would be small enough that it would need a ton of exercise because I live in a very urban environment, one that wouldn't be too yappy. So it wouldn't bother my neighbors, you know, and one that I felt like I connected with and I just, I couldn't find that. So. At my last visit to a shelter, I was walking out and I just saw this little gray tabby and I went up to the cage and he just like reached his little paw out to me and I said, I will take you home and you will be part of my family. And my mom was with me and she was like, what are you doing? Like you never (laughs) wanted a cat. I was like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like this cat is going to be my cat. And it ended up being great. He's a good fit for my lifestyle, especially back at the time I first adopted him because I was traveling a lot. And it's much easier to travel when you have a cat than when you have a dog. And he was so great too during the pandemic. I, when I couldn't gather with people, just having him around was surprisingly helpful. And I was just grateful for his little presence, even though he is a complete rascal and has made it like impossible for me to decorate my condo the way I want to. I do feel <laughs> like on on the balance, he has brought good benefits to my life. It's just, I love that story. He just he re- he literally reached out to you. Like, you he connected, reached his little paw out, and yeah. he was probably just stretching, right? But I just took it, just took it as a sign that I would adopt him. So you weren't used to, you know, you didn't really think about having cats. You weren't necessarily used to having cats. How quickly did the two of you adapt to each other and bond with each other? Ooh, those kitten, those kitten months were rough. I got him when he was about three months old. He actually came from Hawaii. And I don't know what his backstory was, but he was scared of absolutely everything. And he's more like a dog in temperament. I know every cat is different, but he is someone who wants to be around people all the time. He likes to play fetch. He enjoys cuddling and affection. He's not quite as independent as a lot of cats are. In the in the early days, he would not leave my side. Like He had to be touching me at all times. And I was not used to that. I had been living alone since I was 21 years old. You know, I had not had someone constantly around. So even if I went to the bathroom or to make food or to go get the mail, he was just like attached to me. 
And when I was trying to type on my computer, which is a, a huge part of what I do as a writer, yeah. he was like under the laptop or on my lap or on the keyboard. And I was like, dude, we got to work this out because this is <laughs> long term. This isn't going to work for me. I, if you want me to make money in order to feed you all of your beautiful, organic, grain-free cat food, I'm going to have to be able to type. So those early days were a little bit rough, but we did eventually hit our groove. Okay, good. What is it about the decorating? What does he go after that you would like to put up in your apartment? <laughs> he knocks over anything that's on a countertop, absolutely anything. So I really want to put a very nice bookshelf up that has all that has both like my books that I love as well as some decorative items that I've collected in my travels and it's just not possible if he can reach it. So he, I used to have like a locker that had doors on it. So I would shut the doors so he couldn't get into it, but then I couldn't see all of the things. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out a good solution for that now. And he also, he scratches this couch. I got a really beautiful runner for my hallway that he feels like is perfect for his little claws. And <laughs> He, my comforter that I have, he feels is his own, even though I have a blanket for him next to it. That's just for him. He doesn't abide by that. So <laughs> yeah. And I can't have flowers in the house or any kind of plant because, because he, oh, cause he'll it. Just, yeah, he'll just like, uh, he's like, oh, that's poison. And I'm going to put that in my mouth right yeah. now. And we actually, we had that happen. I did have to take him to the vet one time when he decided to go after a poisonous flower. So yeah, he's a little bit, he, he will, I know some cats will like leave plants alone or they won't necessarily knock things over, but he definitely went to my parents' house once and just knocked a little glass off the ledge that my stepfather had gotten in Germany back when he was stationed there in the eighties. So it had some sentimental value to him and yeah. I had to go on eBay and find one that was just like it, which fortunately I was able to do. <laughs> That's Great, you were. That's I know. A, like, it was like shot two a.m. and I hear this smash, and I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and my parents He's a have rascal. a cat. He is a rascal for sure. My parents have a cat, and that cat does not knock things over. So I don't know what Kai's deal is with that. He really likes to test his paw dexterity a lot. Yeah, and he just thinks that's fun. Yeah, he's maybe a passive aggressive communicator. <laughs> like that's possible. Like he yeah. needs something and he's not going to tell you and he's just going to knock his way through. Yes. He's definitely, the thing is, like I mentioned before, he likes to have attention. So if he feels like he does not, is not getting enough attention and or food, those are sort of his two big things. <laughs> he, uh, he will act out. He sound, but he does sound delightful. It's, and you said he's super cuddly. Does he, he sleep is. with you at night? He does. He has a cute little personality. Like he gets along very well with my family. He loves my sister and my mom. He really loves my aunt for some reason. <laughs> yeah, he's so he definitely has his own vibe, I guess. And people know, like people really like him when they meet him, but he is afraid of all men. So that's been <laughs> tricky. He will hide <laughs> from all men and and the only way to get him to come around is to speak in a very high-pitched voice and just be like super patient. So all of his cat sitters actually happen to be men and it's taken him a long time to get used to them, but they talk to him in a very high-pitched voice and then he comes out and he's like, hey. So <laughs> there's something about like low voices that he does not like. Yeah. It's like a primal thing. Like it's like a like a deep, maybe it's like too close to his purr. I I don't know. I've, of course, tried to read about it to see, like, what is it? But, yeah. you know, I'll probably never know. But I, that's not a weird thing. I mean, I, I'm a dog person, and a lot of dogs just prefer women to men. And I think it does have a lot to do with the register of their voice and just the way that women move. But, yeah, I don't I don't know that I've heard that about cats. I think I might have even heard the opposite about cats of, like, they'll, like, they love men and they'll go, like, flirt with men. Yeah, I think it depends on the cat because I've heard both. Like I've heard that there are some cats who are afraid of women and mine happens to be afraid of men, but generally likes or at least tolerates any new woman who comes around. So I don't know what it's all about. Like I said, his first three months in Hawaii, <laughs> <they're a mystery. laughs> who knows? Right. Who knows what happened to him? 
but but he's here now and he's doing all right. I wanted him when I originally adopted him to be like a city kitty. And I tried to leash train him. And I thought that we were going to go on like hikes together, put him in a backpack. And he was going to be this like adventure cat. That's not him. He is like <laughs> the definition of an indoor cat. That is where the term came from. Like he only likes to be indoors. I took him out in the snow once and you should have seen the look on his face. He was like, <laughs> what have you done? Why are you torturing me? The ultimate um, betrayal. Yes. He felt extremely betrayed at that moment. So I had to give up on on the leash training because he was so skittish and just completely scared that I wasn't getting anywhere with it. Thanks, Haley. And finally, my own story. I've always been an animal lover ever since I can remember, and I've always been very allergic to cats. So here's my story of my foray into the TNR world. For those of you not in the know, that means trap, neuter, release, and how I came to carry cat food in the trunk of my car. So yeah, Koreatown. You're in Koreatown now. Mm -hmm. And that is also the site of one of our projects that we did together. Let's call Um, it a project. Yeah, yeah, we can call it a project. That project was, there are too many feral cats that live around Amy's building. So many feral cats. Yeah. Yeah. We had a woman when we were trying to trap the cats who screamed at us for committing cat genocide. But (laughs) if you looked at that feral population, a lot of them were sick. A lot of them were malnourished, very obviously. Oh, yeah. Their kittens, because they would give birth at such a young age, would die because they didn't take care of them, didn't know how they were young themselves. So there's just a lot of heartbreaking health conditions and malnourishment happening in the cat community because even if you want them to not be spayed or neutered, you are then not really taking care of them in a way that this population would be fed and healthy. Right. It is a finite area. Cats are territorial. They need their room to roam. So there are only going to be a certain number of cats that are going to fit into this space. For even though there was somebody that was feeding them, they were still hungry Oh yeah, all the time. And that's how I kind of got involved is that these cats would approach me in the parking lot and just come up to me screaming like, what do you have? Do you have something for me? Do you have food for Mm -hmm. me? Yeah. And then multiply it by... Yeah. Who knows how many litters of kittens they'd had. So it was a combination of that. And then it was kitten season and they started having all these little dumb babies. And there was this little dumb orange cat Mm -hmm. who apparently had gotten kicked out of the nest or he got rejected in some way. He was just all by himself and he lived in a garbage pile and he was the, he was super cute. I still have pictures of that kitten. Yeah. And it was really, but at the same time, very scared of humans. So it was really hard to get to him yeah so i don't know how he ate and how he kept warm but yeah he was all by himself like no one seemed to be near him and the mom like yeah rejected him i think yeah but yeah i couldn't i love animals i don't have cats myself because i'm very allergic but i saw these animals that were in need and i couldn't help but care deeply and Mm -hmm. get involved and that's kind of where you came in because i told you about all of these feral cats and how i was then i started buying cat food for them because i felt so sorry for them yeah and i've been following a couple of cat rescuers on like instagram and i saw the programs that they've been implementing and how there's a humane like humane cages humane like organizations that neuter and spay cats and they pay for that procedure, so you don't have to pay out of pocket. So because I was familiar with it, you know, a little bit, I was like, okay, I think this is the organization we can call. And we went and picked up cages to trap them. Again, like humane trapping cages. And we got some guidelines. on This is what you have to put down on the bottom of the cage. This is the type of food you put down. This is the type of steps you need to take so that you can trap them. So we got those cages in your Honda <laughs> Fit. We drove to the valley so many times, which is 20 miles away from Koreatown. Yeah. It's probably not. It's probably like 10, but it feels like, it feels longer. It, it felt very long. And also, what a great commercial for Honda Fit. Like, if you need mm-hmm. to trap some feral cats in Koreatown, what a perfect car. Because it fit, it fit three cages. Easily. Yeah, easily. Um, And so we then set up camp and tried to trap, you know. We tried to trap some cats. Yeah. Um, it we, took like all day, I feel like, to, to trap them. We just like sat on our little chairs and waited. Because, just waited. Because we have zero patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fortunately, 
we ran into some, I thought at the time were 20 year olds. I thought they were 12. I don't remember exactly, but we I just remember them ages. very young. Yeah. So we ran into some girls because there were just cats all over. Mm-hmm. There's some other people who were trying to solve the problem, yeah, young yeah. girls, and they were very instrumental in helping us trap. Very instrumental. Yes. Because they had so much patience. They would sit there for hours. Yeah. And yeah. they would go and they would play with the cats and they had like mm-hmm. the patience to get the cats to come to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they ended up helping trap them. And we were trying to coordinate with them. Oh my God. They were so young and we were texting with them about like, what time are you showing up? Because we had like, watch. If you show up at this time, then I can show up at this time. And I was like, wow, we should not have been talking to this 12 year old. And then because we had, I had a cat at home. So I was like, I cannot bring a feral cat like inside. No, my cat would go crazy. I'm, I live in like a one bedroom apartment. So someone had to keep them overnight because they're only open during like certain hours. So you had to keep one cat at your place. And I then kept the girls, one in my bathtub. Yeah. And then girls took another and like someone had to take yeah. them and take care of them. I coerced my upstairs neighbor into yes. taking mm-hmm. a bunch of cats. And then so they're just like chilling in these live traps in her apartment overnight. And they start screaming in the <laughs> yes. middle of the night. <laughs> of course, as they would. Of course, they're trapped in a cage. Like they're scared and yeah. terrified and and, and like four in the morning was the time that they chose to yeah. voice their displeasure. And boy, <laughs> did they ever. Um, I, cause I lived right below this neighbor that I'd really never met before. And oh my God. And was like, Hey, can you keep these smelly feral cats in your apartment? <laughs> they were also very smelly. Cause I remember after you survived that night, we then put them back into your Honda Fit. And then drove to the valley, which was 20 miles away. And we had to roll all of the windows down because like they smelled, <laughs> they so, smelled bad. so bad. And when we show, well, well, it was a combination of like them pissing and shitting in the cages. Oh, yes. And then the food that you need to use to trap. Them. Yes, yes. It was all like a really bad combination of stuff. And then when we got to the clinic where they were spaying and neutering them, there were so many people. Oh, my God. There so were so many, many people. people. Yeah, it was a huge line. There were so many cars. It was like hard to find a parking spot. And I was like, well, so many people are trying to make a difference. But I was surprised by just how many people were there. And despite how many people were there, and of course, LA is just like enormous. Yeah. There's still like such a huge problem with with the cat population exploding. So when we got there, we had to fill out the forms for that. We give them names. So I don't know why we decided, but we decided to call them Miley Cyrus, Chris Hemsworth, and Billy. Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. So we called them that. And then they got spayed and neutered. I think, did they keep them overnight? I don't think to so. To recover? No, no. We had to go pick them up later in the day. Okay. And then we had to go. Fortunately, by that time, we had a place. We had another place to put the cats. Uh-huh. So they, they had to stay in a place. They had to stay in their traps overnight. Yeah, yeah. And then they were released. And I think... Did someone adopt the cat mom with one eye? The one that didn't have an eye? Um, no, I think it was the, I think we caught the big orange. Oh, the big well, orange. all of the small kittens were all orange. So we knew who was the Yeah, we the knew who culprit. was the daddy. <laughs> so I think spaying him was the most important part of that operation. Yeah. Because all of those kids seemed to be his. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that for like the males in that pride, it was him. And then there was just a really, apparently there was just this really old cat. I think oh. I saw once or twice, like, out of the corner of my eye. But someone so, adopted him. Like, he started living with someone. They like, wanted to. There was other neighbors who had been feeding the cats. They yeah. took him in for a while. Mm-hmm. And he was a bully to their cats. Mm. So they ended up Getting, having yeah. to release him. But at least he couldn't have any more babies. Yeah. Yeah. And then the small kitten who was all by himself in the pile of trash... I think the girls ended up, like, trying to get someone to adopt him. I think they had just, like, a pen of foster kittens. Oh, okay. They would just take these little babies, and they'd put them all in a pen together. Because babies are a lot easier to socialize than yeah. than the older cat. And also, again, to the point of, like, should we spay and neuter cats? There was a couple of dead kittens that, again, because the moms are so young, they don't know how to take care of them. Yes. And those two girls were trying to revive this cat that was, like, very was, dead and very was, flat. Uh, and, like, which, very obviously very dead. Like, it, like, broke my heart. But then having to be the grown-up because they're children and being like, yeah, but that's why we're doing this. That's why we're trapping the cats. So this doesn't yeah. happen. Any more kittens. Yeah. Because it is very heartbreaking to see when kittens are born, but then they die just... Right. 
they're living under a porch of an abandoned building or they're living in like a, a bush or something. Because kittens too, like they have to have a certain temperature because they can't control their body temperature. They can't release themselves without like mom helping them out. Yeah. So the mother has to be so involved without the support, the constant presence of the mother. They just don't survive. Right. Um, and if she has to go out and like forage for food or go find food somewhere, she's just leaving them alone for way, way, way too long. And we saw one of the mom cats who was just like, basically, the kid was in one place and she was in completely different space. She just was like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Literally. Like, she literally, there was a, like a look on her face of like, I don't know. I don't this know. This came out of me. I don't know what this is. Right. I don't know. This I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then there was one older female cat. Was she a tortie? Yes, she was a mm -hmm. tortoiseshell. And she was a rough looking cat, man. She had one eye that was all yes, messed yes, up. Yes, yes, mm yes. -hmm. She was like the toughest though. I just walked past her and she'd mouth off to me. Yeah, she was really rough. She was real rough. Yeah, I remember her. She got trapped. She got spayed too. Yes. So she didn't have to do that anymore. She got her eye cleaned up at least momentarily. It was, yeah. It looked okay for a couple of months. Yeah, they did some services too. Because I think that organization also provided some health services as well for stray cats. Yeah. Again, at no cost. If you can, if it's like a homeless cat, it's not your cat. For the homeless cats, they do provide certain like health services to help them out. Thank God. But again, when they're homeless, just not a lot of people take right. take time to like take them to the hospital and do all of that. I mean, because and, it was such a difficult experience. Yeah. I mean, you they're know, feral. Trapping them. Yes. Keeping them in your home, especially if you have other animals, taking the time to drive them. It, it it's not like the most difficult thing to do, but it's I can consuming. see why people wouldn't take on that because they have jobs and have other responsibilities to tend to. But without doing it, again, like that population is hurting and exploding out of the proportion and then they're not fed and they're unhealthy. Yeah. And I will say, I know that like personally, we only got the three cats spayed. But think, I think about it like, but, again, they grow exponentially. Like yeah. one litter turns into one year later, every single one of those cats can have another litter. So right. it can grow really, really I think quickly. they can have multiple litters per year that the little bit of TNR, trap, neuter release mm -hmm. that we did, it it helped so much. There's because there were no kittens around anymore. Mm -hmm. Nobody was getting pregnant. Yeah. Um, these cats that were so scrawny, started, yeah. they started like putting on a little bit of weight. Well, because of course, if you're constantly giving birth and feeding kittens, yeah. like, it's really hard for you to get enough food to maintain your yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it was overall a, a good experience. It, it felt like, okay, we helped this like little community get to a healthier state. Yeah. The only big negative thing was this woman who kept yelling at us that we we're committing cat genocide. And it's like, <laughs> we're trying to help those cats. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just insane. Well, also like, cats don't exactly get to make a choice about their no. birth control. I mean, we don't either anymore, but, True. Um, but, but, right. but, but like in the animal kingdom, there's no consent. Like the male just comes up to you and it's like, you're going to have babies soon. Right. And they and, can't reason. Oh, well, we don't have any food now and we're hungry now. So they <laughs> oh, could just I'll get think about it. Once I turn 35, can we wait until I get my career on track? Yeah. Like there is no such discussion. So I, I just feel for those little baby cats at an early age have to have their own baby cats. Right. And, just and, the, and it's just this like constant fight for survival. It's really not cat genocide. Like we humans, we domesticated cats. We brought them into our homes. They're not wild animals. They can't take care of themselves. It is our responsibility to help take care of them. And part of taking care of them is making sure that there aren't too many cats. Yeah. I also have a friend of a friend who had a cat and really was against neutering and spaying her. And this cat, at the same time, not giving her an opportunity to actually fulfill her like physical needs. And this cat, every whatever, how many months, just screams, mm -hmm. screams bloody murder. And it's like, is that a good life? Do you think she's happy? Yeah, okay, she wasn't neutered or spayed, but she seems like really on edge. <laughs> right? Like, she, yeah. she, she's just and like everyone else in the household too. It's like, those screams are unbelievable. <laughs> like, I don't see a point in not neutering or spaying a cat to keep her, like, 
as the nature intended or whatever the fuck the argument is. And it's like, she's clearly very, very unhappy. Right. Because she's not getting any either. <laughs> like, yeah. No, she's like, I. there's a thing that I think I should be doing and I can't figure it out. So I'm just going to scream about it. Yeah. And my friend would call me and I'll be like, what is this noise? <laughs> She's like, it's my cat. And I'm like, mm, I think you should. Because she inherited that cat because that family ultimately got rid of the cat. Because Because they didn't like the screaming? Well, they said it's because they had a child and the child ended up being super allergic. So they gave her away. And at that point, she was older. And I was like, she's lived so many years just screaming bloody murder that often. But because she was older, they were concerned about like, doing the procedure and how dangerous that could be for her whatever she ended up doing it she's fine but yeah i was like that's not a happy cat <laughs> no i mean and that's the other thing like, the, like apparently that cats don't really hit menopause they are able to just continually Seriously? i apparently if they're going that you know this older oh, cat. oh i guess so yeah if this older cat i mean i'm sure at some point they do stop having the ability to have kittens but yeah 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 this is just yeah years and years and years of these cats and if you they're just out there and they're feral and any cat any male cat can have access to them yeah and you're not neutering the males they go out and they roam around that's what they're looking for they're looking for females to impregnate yeah and this is also much better than drowning kittens in a bucket going back to the dark dark place we started with (laughs) why not end there right yeah this is a lot more humane Yes. You're just letting these cats be able to live the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. It's still not like the ideal solution for them, but they're feral. They're never going to be domesticated. They're never going to be comfortable enough around humans. But yeah, if it's a feral cat, after a certain age, they cannot be domesticated. And it's young. It's really young. It's like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. And not that they can't, I guess they could if with a lot of patience. But they're never just going to be as comfortable yeah. as a little little kitten that's okay. been handled by people since it was really young. Okay. So, yeah, we did that thing. We did that thing. And that's the closest I have to a true cat lady story uh, <laughs> because I had cat food in the trunk of my car. <laughs> For a while. For a while, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the Spinster Life Podcast. If you want to share your cat lady story, reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram at living the spinster life. You can shoot me an email, spinsterlifepodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the Substack newsletter. You'll also get new episodes of the podcast in your inbox as soon as they're released. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm also on YouTube. The channel handle is The Spinster Life. Thanks for listening.